Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Amen. Thank you very much. I appreciate being here. And if you didn't see her, my wife is right there in the corner with our little granddaughter. Okay, so she would prefer to sit with the granddaughter, that's Linda, uh, than me. She's always sitting with me. How boring. You know, much better to uh, be able to enjoy the family while she's here. It really is a privilege to be with you, and it always is. You may wonder where this crazy accent comes from. Well, it's not Japanese. This is definitely English. And I was born in Tanzania. My parents were born in Kenya. One set of grandparents were American. The other set were Kiwis. And they met there in Africa. And this is the result. All right? So continue to pray for me. All right? And we'll get where God wants us to go. I won't share so much this morning about mission per se, though I'd like you to remember everything that these other missionaries spoke about, because that's part and parcel of what I will say. This evening, I'm going to share more about what we're doing in Africa. We have a 31-acre base, and we have uh, teachers and pastors. We have many children, and then we've got associate schools. Uh, As soon as I leave here, in a week's time, I go to India, where I'm involved three times a year in training leaders. Uh, We really try to select our leaders very carefully there. So now we have an exponential growth movement going. And I know that what has been said about the persecution arising from Hinduism is really true. We have had various of our leaders really beaten and thrashed and some killed. And yet the the exponential uh, growth is amazing. We'll be reaching uh, and involved with about 2,000 churches there by the end of this year. So God is doing great things all around the world, and he certainly wants Kiwis, which can fly. You understand Kiwis can fly, all right? Don't believe the myth that Kiwis don't fly. That's evolutionary stuff. Creative stuff works differently to that. Become a flying Kiwi. Get involved. Hallelujah. Start to bring in squadrons of flying Kiwis with spiritual machine guns and AK-40s. I don't know what. You know, just get in there and see what God will do with you. He'll, he'll grow wings on you as you start flapping. That's just how it works. You've got to start somewhere. Praise the Lord. And when you do, faith just extends that which you don't have into reality, and you become something new altogether. So, Linda and I have now been over there since 23rd of March. This What's what's this date today? Is it about 25th? Two days ago, the 23rd of March, we have been in Africa at Arusha for 30 years. Hallelujah. Amen. And good things happen after three or 30. You know, things just continue to grow exponentially. Well, this year particularly, or this morning, I should say, I especially want to share with you what I believe God is wanting to say to the New Zealand churches in 2018. Not just the New Zealand churches, but in fact to the church, especially in the West, through this year. And it has to do, of course, with mission. How else could it be? Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and you heard Catherine actually say this too, that the end will not come until this gospel, the good news, the absolutely essential good news of the kingdom is preached to every language speaking group. And then the end will come. 
the end is not going to come until we get the job done. So you can be the white knuckle club hanging on until Jesus comes. Lord, take me any time. Just get me out of here, please. But until you get the job done, your knuckles are going to get whiter. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> and they're going to get whiter because, in fact, things are speeding up worldwide in terms of difference between that which is godly and that which is of Satan. This is very clear. Isaiah 60 verses 1 to 3 says, My glory shall rise upon you while the darkness increases upon the earth. And that darkness is going to become gross. That's what, you, that's what God says, gross darkness. And so when we have a look at what is happening in the world today with all sorts of transgressions and breaking of physical rules, spiritual rules, laws that God has set down, we're almost becoming a new species. And God is raising up a far greater species. He really is. A species that is filled with the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, who knows Jesus, who is rising up to be the fullness of what Jesus wants us to be. It is for a generation. Why not this generation? And I believe that's what we're beginning to see now as we see God rise, raising up this exponential curve in all areas. Now, you know how exponential curves work. 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, and whoa, we're going somewhere. That's exactly what is now happening. That which was just a slow takeoff for centuries has now gone past the inflection point, as it's called, the inflection point of the exponential curve, and is beginning to soar as never before. When you go past the inflection point, which I believe has certainly happened both on the ungodly side and the godly side, you cannot stop it. You cannot stop it. We are now heading in for what God has always wanted you and me to be. Bright lights in the darkness. And if you want to show a good film, make sure it really is black. Uh-huh. God wants to show the good film of the gospel of Jesus Christ as never before. And as this film shows, it's going to be starkly clear what God has done through Jesus Christ and who you and I are now as new creations in him. And so this day, I just want to talk about the word open. Open is an acronym. O-P-E-N. And I want to share with you what I believe God is saying to us so that we can be open Christians, open to the gospel of really what God has achieved, open to the heavenlies, open to things we've never seen before. O stands, and I'm quickly going to give you these, and then I'll run through them. We'll see how far we get, okay? It'll be a miracle if I do it in half an hour, but miracles do happen. Praise the Lord. Open. I'm going to be talking about over, whatever that is over, and I'm going to be talking about the word open, op over and open. I'm going to be talking about P, about position and planting, and I'm going to talk about E, which is about engage and ecclesia. Maybe that's Japanese to you, ecclesia. All right, but it's actually a word from the Bible, very good word, and so we'll explore that. And N, new creation and networking. New networks of extraordinary capacity. These are consequential things. They go through a sequence. You can't get to the end until you start with the O, all right? 
So we're going to be following these through to get an idea of what God's up to. 2017 was a remarkable year. And I remember last year when I was talking about 2017, I said the number seven is all over it. Number seven is the number of the sword. The number of fighting, the number of being victorious. It's also the number of rest, the Sabbath. When we must see that you can only come into rest on the other side of the sword. Peace is coming through victory. You don't get peace as an apathetic people. You get peace because you have fought for something that's worth fighting for. And God is raising up an aggression. I believe in aggression. Holy Spirit aggro. Hallelujah. Violent men and women take the kingdom of heaven with force. And God wants an aggressive people who understand faith. And so God is looking for a people who understand the sword because it's only on the other side of the sword, the other side of the battle, that you enter into rest, into peace. 2017 was remarkable. It was the 70th jubilee of all of Israel's history. 70 jubilees since the first one at the time of Moses, right up to 2017, or in the Hebrew calendar, the year 777. They drop off the 5,000 before they say the 777. They just say 777, 777. Last year was the year 777, three sevens. Well, what does that mean? It means God's always in the number three. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he's revealing him something, something of himself as never before in these last days. And if you go back one jubilee from 2017 to 1967, of course you come to the Six-Day War of Israel. And in the time of jubilee, land is given back to the people of God. The economy comes right, and people are taken out of slavery and made free as sons of God. Families are restored. Things are brought back to the economy that God really wants us to live in with every jubilee. But when you have 70 jubilees, whoa, you're flying through the roof. Amazing things happened last year. Amazing things. Trump, oh, I know, it's sometimes a dirty word. Okay, but you know, he came into office when he was 70 years old, seven months and seven days. Whoa, What's God saying? He's up to something. Things happened. Brexit. England coming out of a system that you thought it would be locked into forever. Do you know that national sovereignty is one of God's ideals? When you lose your sovereignty, you lose your responsibility. When you lose your responsibility, you stay as infants and slaves forever. God wants New Zealand to be a sovereign nation. Hallelujah. You are responsible for yourself. You are to become mature as sons of the living God. You see, when Satan wants to immature you, he makes you part of a globalist system. But that Brexit happened. Now China has got a president for life. He's not the only one. Russia has got almost, as it were, a president for life. Well, things are shaping up big time. Shifting. Do you know that when you transition... When you come to the transition line, when you come to the transition point, there is always turmoil. There is always a decision to be made. Joel chapter 3 verse 4 says, multitudes are in the valley of decision. 
And this is the point we are now at, where people are saying, where do I stand? What decision should I make? There is not the discernment, very often in Christianity, to understand what choice they should have. They don't understand that God is a God of life. God is a God of law. God is a God of liberty because he's a God of love. Until you understand who God is, you have no basis to have discernment. Christians are discerning all sorts of stuff, but it's not on the basis of God's life, his law, his, life, his liberty, or his love. They just want to say, which politician is going to give me more? Hello? We vote for politicians, not according to God's discernment, but according to how fat I can get. Everything's screwball. No wonder we don't know whether we're Arthur or Martha. Hello? And then we come to 2018. 18 is the number of resurrection. I tell you something is happening here. God's been shifting stuff, saying, where do you stand? Do you want in? It's time to rock it off. Are you going to join me in the blast off? It's happening. Things are now beginning to accelerate beyond anything you and I can control or dream of. Hallelujah. But it means for that, expect a resurrection. If you and I are going to fulfill Matthew 24, 14, that we should see every language speaking group really hearing the gospel, something has to change. It has to change. If you carry on doing the things you've always done, don't expect to get results different to what you have always had. Hello? Amen. Things. So God is now putting things together so you and I can enter into the change that is being brought by the Spirit of God. And that's highly important that we should be part of that and understand how he does it. So there's a tremendous need for discernment, and this is where we need to be open and over. So let's have a look at this word, open. First of all, God wants us to understand over. Song of Solomon, chapter 2 just says the winter is over it's past and it's gone do you know that with 2017 that 70th jubilee something changed it is over we are moving into a new realm we're now coming into the 51st jubilee and i don't know if we'll enter the end of it hello I don't, because there's something very significant about 70 times 50. It's just an amazing combination of numbers. And so when you see that God is up to something, get on board with it. It's time to get over the past. It's time to leave your reflections and your, your disappointments and your inhibitions about the past behind and see that Christ is your present and your future. He really is. You are called to be a new creation, not to be so in, encap, encapsulated by the past that you cannot move into your present. Do not be past present or present past Christians. Enter into being future present Christians. Those who are entering into your future now. Saints, there is an anointing, there is a grace to leave the past behind. 
And if you and I are entering into a system or time of turmoil, it's simply because we don't know how to leave the past behind. We're still holding on to old theologies and old approaches to God and old things that good as they were that got you to this point are not going to take you far enough now. Is this Japanese? German, I know one person understands German. Hallelujah. God wants us to enter into something beyond because at this point in time too, 24% of the world have never heard the saving name of Jesus Christ. 18% of the world don't have even 2% of their population who are born again and in any way instructed that they can keep going as a local church. Put those together, you've got at least 42% of the world's population have never had a chance to become disciples of God. 42%, that's 3.1 billion people. Whoa! And you say Jesus is coming tomorrow? Uh, I say to my Swahili speakers, Wewe uno oto and oto. You're dreaming dreams you don't understand. You and I have, are responsible to reach those people. And yes, we don't go through the IOU thing. Totally agree. Because where God is taking us is into such fiery love that we will do the job. It's time to get over. Before you can become an overcomer, get over the past. Get over yourself. <laughs> you're not as big as you think you are. You're not as smart as you think you are. I've found that. You're, you're not as great as you think you are. You really aren't. There's someone a lot bigger. And if you'll just get lost in him, you'll find yourself. It's time to get over the junk and over my poor soul and my poor self-image. and Saints, that's why he came, to give you a better self-image. It's time to grow up. It's time to move on. It's time to move out. It's time to get over these things. You cannot become an overcomer until you get over those other things. Become overwhelmed with Christ. Hosea chapter eight, verse five says, in the last days, my people shall come trembling to me and they shall come in fear of the goodness of God. Whoa, in the last days, God's goodness is gonna become the overwhelming factor. I want, to, I want him to drown me in his goodness. Smite me with your goodness, Father. Hallelujah. I want to know how good you are. Beyond your brain, beyond your Bible is an amazing God. He's better than anything you think. No matter how good you think, he is. He's better. He's better. And this is what means you and I can go into places we thought we could never go. Get open to God. Saints, this is amazing to me that the first teaching word that Jesus ever gave to his disciples, first, absolutely, what would you teach your disciples as number one thing? His first teaching word in John chapter 1, verse 51, is you shall see heaven open. You shall see heaven open and angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. That's his first teaching word. He says, I have come to open heaven up for you. I have come so that you can find an easy access to the Father and all of the economy of heaven if you will follow me. Hallelujah. 
So many people are ground grubbing along down here, but God wants us to be high flying eagles who understand the fullness of the heavenly perspective. It's time. It's time, saints. We have come now into the third millennium. You with me? The third millennium. We've left the second millennium. We're way past the first millennium. Hosea chapter 6 says on the first day, God shall bruise us. He shall wound us, but he shall heal us. Do you know that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years? Psalm 90, verse 4. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. And with the Lord, 1,000 years is as a day. So 1,000 years went in the first millennium. That's one day. Second thousand years is a second day. And Hosea chapter 6, verse 2 says, On the second day, he shall revive us and he shall guide us toward him. And that's what happened in the second thousand years. The, re the, the uh, uh, Reformation and the developments in churches, God was reviving the churches that had been bruised and whipped and shamed. But Hosea 6 carries on in verse 2, but on the third day, on the third day, he shall raise us up, he shall resurrect us so that we can live in his presence. Whoa, are you with me? Saints, we have now come through the third day. We're into a new season. God's up to something. He's pulled the veil apart and he's showing us it is open. It's open. You and I can enter into realms that previously were seemingly uh, closed off to us. God is now saying it's open. You've gone beyond Passover. We need Passover. Praise the Lord for Passover. Keep Passover. Take it with you. Enter into Pentecost. You need Pentecost. But there's a third feast. There's a third feast, which is the feast of ingathering, which is the feast of fruitfulness, which is the feast of going out into the fields in your booths, leaving your pleasant homes behind and start to reap the harvest. Mm. Is this Afghanistanian? Hello? Hallelujah. Saints, he has saved up the best to last. You can get in on it. He wants to raise you up, not for a visitational theology. God's not interested in visiting. He wants to habitate. He wants to live with you. He wants you living in his presence constantly. He is raising you up. He don't have to wait until you die by and by for pie in the sky. Hello? Listen, so many Christians are thinking that the third place, which is the promised land after Egypt and the desert, are you with me? This is Bible. Okay, you leave Egypt, good, that's Passover. You leave the desert, good, that's Pentecost. But you're to come into the promised land. And the, many Christians say, yes, 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 promised land. When I die, I will reach the promised land. Saints, are you going to kill giants in heaven? You don't do it. Are you going to pull down cities in heaven? That's what they did in the promised land. Are you going to put your life on the line in heaven? Swinging a sword around and decapitating a few angels? I don't think so. <laughs> You'll get kicked out pretty quickly. Listen, uh, the third place, the promised land is not heaven. 
It is New Zealand ruled by the kingdom of the Lord God here on earth now. Mm. God is looking for us to become aggressive about his kingdom, to enter into the promised land. He's challenging us to do it. And so God is asking us to be open, open to new things. Where is the clock? That, when do I close this? When someone falls out a window and you, you pray for resurrection? Hallelujah. Okay. Saints, if you want to become a missionary now, God is escalating the stakes. He's also escalating the power and the authority. Hallelujah. And so God wants us to be open to what he is doing. And so Jesus uh, says, I'm going to open up heaven for you. Many Christians keep on praying. Yes, Lord, open up heaven to me. Open. Listen, why are you praying for what he's already done? It's time to get away from religious faith, junky faith. It's time to drop prayers that sound sweet but are empty of meaning and power. Mm. Hallelujah. It's time not to say, God open heaven to me. It is open. He has been pierced. He has been split for me that I might enter into him and never leave him. Mm. It is time to enter in. And so Jesus is saying, don't ask him for an open heaven. It's open. Just say, Father, I'm coming through. And he'll get you there. He'll get you there. It's time to understand the heaven has been opened. How can we now enter into that openness that has been achieved through the blood of the cross and all that, is in the, in, that it pertains to? And so Jesus says, or the writer of Song of Songs, chapter 5, verse 2, open to me, my beloved, my beautiful one. And then you can rise up and come away. Saints, you'll never rise up until you go through the open door. You can never reach what God has until you accept by faith what he has done. It's so simple. We try to get so smart. Just come down really to basics. He's done it. Now, Lord, I can start to rise up. Open to me, my beloved. Jesus says to the seventh church, the Revelation church of Revelation chapter 3, the Laodicean church that's so fat and so self-gratifying, he says to that church, you're blind. You can't discern a thing. He says, but look, if you will open your heart's door, because I'm knocking, if you will open your heart's door, I will come in and we will start to have the entree for the wedding feast. Hallelujah. He's preparing us. He's saying to, he only says it to that church, no other church. And he says, now look, if you'll do this, I will take you to the highest place. I will put you on the throne of heaven with me and you and I will rule. Read it in Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. It's all there. If you will open, something starts to happen. God starts to manufacture and a power and ability to rise up into new places to become the person you've always believed you were. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's good. Okay, pretty good. Hallelujah. And so immediately in Revelation chapter 4, John the Apostle says, and I looked up and I heard a voice like a trump. Oh, wow. Hallelujah. Saying, come up here. Come up here. And I saw a door wide open in heaven. And I said, I'm coming. Hallelujah. Saints, open the little door of your heart. He'll open a huge door in heaven for you. 
open. Paul says, I want you in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, open to us. We have opened ourselves to you. You're op- you should open to us also. You are not restrained by us. You're restrained by your own affections. Open, therefore, your hearts to us. Saints, this is the time not for sealing yourself off, not for getting more rational, not for getting more cold. It is a time to open your passions up to the Lord Jesus. It's a time to worship him. And as you do, as you release and get over the things of the past, he will take you up. He will take you up to a whole new place. Well, I hope it's not Bulgarian. We're together. So open is so important. Look, I want to take us quickly on to the second thing. Position. Position. You know, you're not here. You know that you're somewhere else. Many Christians don't. When Jesus, this was another first foundational teaching that he brought to Nicodemus, who thought he was a spiritual ruling leader in John chapter 3. He felt he had it all together, and so he came at night, sneaking through the shadows, sneaking through the darkness. And Jesus said, look, if you really are of the light, you'll come into the light. And he says to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 13, Having talked about being born again, having been talked about the wind blowing where you don't know where it's come from and where it's going, he's talked about the womb, he's talked about the wind. He then says, Nicodemus, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who has descended from heaven, he who is in heaven, he who is in heaven. How could Jesus say that? Nicodemus looked at Jesus and says, man, you are crazy. You really are. I cannot understand you at all. I know you're from heaven, but come on, you are in heaven. And from there on, Jesus would say to his disciples, I want you to be with me where I am. Not where I will be. He never said that. Time and time again, he said, I want you to be with me where I am. And in John chapter 17, as he concludes his ministry on earth, he says to the Father, Father, I pray for these that they should be with me where I am so that they might see my glory and become one as we are one. You know that unity is never built on earth? Forget it. It's ecumenicalism. It doesn't work. It's man stuff. You cannot be united by coming down to the lowest common denominator. That's compromise. That's not conviction. That's discouragement, not courage. God wants us to be people of conviction. Unity is based in heaven. That's where it is. It's already done. I don't have to build it. I enter into it. I don't try to manufacture it. I just enjoy it. I don't have to fight for it. It's given to me. Everything is free. Everything is a gift through faith. And so Jesus says, look, I want you to be with me where I am that you might see my glory. You know, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says, and we beholding his glory with an open face, not a veiled face. Face to face, we are changed from one level of glory to another. It's amazing. The only way for you to mature is by seeing Jesus. It's not by paying tithes. It's not by singing 10 songs in a row. 
It's not by doing fancy religious stuff. You need to be so close to Jesus that you are seeing him as he is. Jesus says you will see heaven open. He said you'll see. We need to get into the realm of being with him and understanding it's all there. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says, He raised you up. When you were down, he raised you up and he seated you with him in Christ in the heavenly places. You are not here, you're there. You're with him. And yet I can see you. And thankfully you can see me. You can hear me. How is this? Simply because I am more than a body. And I am more than a soul, my personality. I am a living, empowered, resurrected spirit. I live in his presence. I talk in his presence. I think in his presence. I do everything in the spirit of Christ. I'm not a body with a spirit. I'm a spirit with a body. Got to get it right. Don't go down and start grubbing around with the body stuff. Uh Get up there in the spirit stuff and everything gets transformed. Start in the spirit. If you want a verse for that, it's 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. It's there. Start always in the spirit and all of the rest expands for you free of charge. Amazing. Amazing stuff. You have been seated. Now, Colossians 3 verses 1 to 3 just says this. If therefore you have been raised up with Christ, then keep getting your mind into a heavenly perspective. Start to think in the spirit. Think heaven. Breathe heaven. Start to bring heaven to you in Jesus' name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But most Christians don't have a clue what's going on in heaven. You may not want to pray that prayer. You better find out what's going on in heaven because it just might be the thing you least want. Hello? Hmm. It's absolutely true. We're practicing this in Africa more and more and we're getting our teachers and our children just electrified with the presence of God and that we are with them in the heavenly places. It's regular for our children to be praying and say, oh, I see an angel. There's another one. And they agree together. Angels around the place. Amen. Because their eyes are being opened to the reality of what God has done. So if you need to be somewhere, be up there. I would like to advise you, return to where you are. Don't be schizophrenic any longer. Hallelujah. Don't try to live in two camps. Who am I? Don't try to be in doubt and because doubt in the Bible is to be double-minded. Don't try to live in two places. Select your course. And live in his presence by faith. Now, if you want a perspective, and this is the other thing about um, the P here. If you want this perspective, you've got to take the position first. Perspective changes after position. And I'll be ending about here and tonight I'll carry on with some other stuff and some some, uh, uh, PowerPoints and some examples of how all this comes together. I think you'll find that interesting. And so... If you want to change your perspective, adopt a new position. It's hopeless if you're, even if you're an eagle, ground grubbing at ground level, you still have a mud perspective. You need to take off and then you'll have an eagle's perspective. Before you can change your attitude, change your altitude. It has to be that way. You're either someone extraordinarily new or you're just psycho. 
Hello? <laughs> you got to know. It's no good saying, I'm a train, I'm a train, I'm a train, choo-choo. When you know darn well you're not. <laughs> Hallelujah. So beyond position, gain the perspective. Sit on the throne. Start looking around. Start seeing what God has placed you in. Start to receive angelic help. Start to receive angelic economy, angelic strength. Jesus was strengthened by angels all the time. Now, if he needed angel help, I sure do. He said, I could deploy 12 legions of angels. Anyone? Well, give me some of them to deploy too, Father. Hallelujah. I need angelic help. So do you. But you can only really feel this way if you're living on the front line. Someone said, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much room. Well, <laughs> we need to live on the edge so that we always have angels to rescue us when we go over it. Praise the Lord. And so finally, I want to take you to Isaiah 51. And it's such a good verse. Would you just turn there with me? Tonight, tonight, man, I'm obviously in heaven. I'm This morning. Isaiah chapter 51. And I'm just touching on things which if you want to explore, they could take you the rest of the year. Okay? Isaiah 51. It's somewhere here in my Bible. Matthew, Mark, Isaiah. <clears throat> or Isaiah. Verse 16. I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the earth, and say to Zion, you are my people. God is needing people who will plant the heavens. How do you plant the heavens? You get so convinced about it that the words that are in your mouth you start to plant into the earth. You sow seed through the words you speak. They are light that is coming into the lives. This is how God brings his light into us. He is the holy word. He is the holy seed. And as his word comes into you and me, he plants heaven into your heart. And he relays the foundations of the earth. New Zealand needs to have relayed foundations. It doesn't know whether it's Arthur or Martha. It doesn't know whether it's going backward or forward. It has, it's one of the world's three top countries for the taking of depressants in God's own country. Why has that happened? Because we don't know the rock hard foundation that makes us sure. People are getting depressed because they don't know their, what the hope is. They're running every which way to try and find it. Saints, God is looking for those who will plant the heavens. If you want to be part of what God is doing on the earth today, you need to speak His words that is appropriate for this generation. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God for Passover. But let's saints, I've already been saved. I don't need to be saved another 50 times. I've already been baptized in the Spirit. Praise God for Pentecost. But there is more. There is more. Come into a new place of understanding His great revelation for this time and start to speak it, start to live it, start to pray it. Don't ask for an open heaven. Enter into it. And as you start to plant the heaven, things will be refounded around you. 
Things will come into place. God is looking for a church, an ecclesia, that knows its authority. Not a ground level church, but a high level of God's governance in God's people. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me as I close? Maybe you've been going through a time of turmoil and you've been saying, God, I really don't know which way I should be going. I, I don't know who I am. I don't understand the complexities of this situation. I believe that as you just raise your hands and those of you who want this to God, God will take you beyond this transition point of indecision into a place of really being prepared to hear the word that he plants in your heart. A new word, a new season. It's over the past. It's time for accelerating into the new. I don't need to pray for you all personally, but just as you raise your hand, I know God is going to do something in your heart and life that's going to take you into this exponential curve past the inflection point into something that is totally unstoppable. Father, we're all so needful of you constantly you are our life oh Lord Jesus you are our satisfaction and our hope you're our great desire and you have birthed us again to a living hope that we should be as Jesus Christ on this earth that we should be exactly mature sons and daughters of the King and so I'm praying for this people that Lord Jesus, every place of indecision, every place of slowdown, every place of uncertainty would be broken at this time over their lives and you would take them in through a new move of your spirit into this high ascending place, into the presence of God, into the come up here realm. And Lord Jesus, they would start to see what you said they would see. You would see heaven open. Lord, they would start to understand and work with angels as never before. So I thank you for this people, their hunger for you. Lord, for missions on their heart, bless that. Lord, enlarge it, make it to become something so powerful that every key we hear will have amazing wings. In Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. Amen.